Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're all here with us today. It's going to be an important, important day with us today as a family. Thankful for all you guests in here. That just makes me excited when people come visit us and hang out with us. I hope you guys are blessed today. And uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just want everybody to leave this building today, whether you're overflow family or overflow friends, um, that you leave changed. You leave touched by heaven, something that God deposits in you that you're going to take away and, and it's, it's increase in your life. I, that's what my heart is for you this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> This sermon today is called, How We Win in Our Loss. We believe in healing, we believe in miracles, believe in resurrection, and we actively go after it. As a matter of fact, Steve, Steve and I and a, and a few other people showed up Friday morning and believe in the Lord for a resurrection. We believe it happens. I believe it's going to happen. It didn't happen yet. Okay? But, but we believe that what Jesus promised is our, it's our promise, it's our inheritance as children of the Most High God. And even more than it being an inheritance, we believe, and if you don't believe this, I hope that we're going to teach this belief into you in time, we believe that's not just inheritance, but it's actually part of your DNA in the spirit in your union with Jesus Christ to heal the sick and to raise the dead and do miracles. Amen. And, and, and coming from Bethel and being part of the culture of that and, and it's who we are, the, the, the motto on earth as it is in heaven. That's our, that's our mantra, if you would. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, Jesus told us to pray, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we believe that if we see something on this earth that doesn't look like how it looks in heaven, that Jesus has actually given us authority and power to be conduits of heaven, to release heaven into situations, to shift them, to see heaven manifested. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no dead bodies in heaven. Amen? I, I, I'm not... I'm not ask anybody to necessarily need to agree with me on this. I don't believe it was Julie's time. Okay? I don't say that because of any failure. That's not, my, that's not it. We don't go there. I just don't believe it was her time. I don't think that Jesus organized the plan for her to have cancer and to suffer and to die in her 50s. So, 
When we experience things like this, where we're believing and we're contending, we're fighting the good fight of faith, we're believing Jesus at his word, and we do see miracles happen, we do see healings, but sometimes we don't. And so sometimes it, it writes question marks in our head. Why? Why didn't it happen? And I'll bet there's somebody else in this room that you prayed for something that you believed was God's promise or his word, and you didn't see it happen, and, and it leaves us with questions. Why didn't it work? I don't know if I have a, a good quality answer to give to you for that. But I, wanna, I want to present some scriptural thoughts to us today to help us determine how we're going to choose to believe in times like this. Because I believe that even in our loss, we can still win. Amen? How many of you know that God doesn't want to ever let a, a loss go to waste? Okay? He's a redeemer. I'm going to read you a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 16. That, I meant to say starting with verse 6, not 16. I'm going to read to 16. <clears throat> However, when we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, talking about worldly wisdom, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Everybody say mystery. That's an important word right there. When we have questions about, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. It doesn't make any logical sense. It doesn't fit with my paradigm. We need to remember that word mystery. Okay? I do want to say this, that God will never violate his word. He'll never say something about who he is, and then act differently. So when we know that there's truth about who God is and what his nature is, and we believe it, and we don't see it come to pass the way we believed it should, we gotta, we got to learn to be okay with that word mystery. We don't know it all, all right? But, but if we're not careful, we allow our experiences to define our belief systems. But that's not faith. Okay? It's not faith to let circumstances define our belief systems. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Let me say this. There's way more to God than you're going to ever understand. And when we think that we need to be able to understand all things about him, we might be trying to fit him into our little human-sized box. We need to be okay that we don't understand all things yet. All right? Things are hidden from us. Or maybe I should say they're hidden for us. 
which none of the rulers of this age knew, because you can't know it by human wisdom. For they had, they had known, or had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as, as it is written, eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Guess what, y'all? God's got more in store for you than you've seen or heard or understood yet. And that's good news because it means that you're not at the pinnacle of your life yet. Praise God for that. I do not want this to be my full arrival point. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Here's some good news right here. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. He set us free from that one. Come on. He set us free from the spirit of the world. But we have received the spirit of who is from God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost. And so do you. Come on. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That's amazing right there. Because God has more for you, more stored up for you, than what your eye or your ear or your mind could have perceived or conceived but the Spirit of God wants to reveal to you all the things He's already prepared for you. So what you've experienced thus far, there's more. I was told by a, a local pastor, he, one of the things he knows about me, he said, you are a more guy, and you better believe it. Whatever you've experienced in the Lord, there's more than that. Whatever you're highest encounter or experience in the spirit was there's more than that come on way more like we we've barely we've barely touched the surface in hebrews i think it's it's either chapter four or six or five or no, i'm just kidding it's one of those talks about the elementary teachings and, it's, and he actually is saying like you're not even you're not mature enough to go on to this to the spiritual teachings. We've we've had to spend all our time on the elementary teachings, and he, he talks about things like laying on of the hands and healing the sick and the doctrines of grace, things like that. And you know, just this baby step when the resurrection from the dead. The, the resurrection from the dead. Elementary teaching. What? Those guys must have been functioning in something. The, the, the modern church, most of it, can't even fathom. I mean, if that was elementary, I think most of us are, are in probably the early stage preschool at best, huh? <laughs> resurrection? Come on. That's like kindergarten to God. Wow. We're going to get there, guys. There's more than you know that's in store for you. 
Your eye and your ear and your mind doesn't comprehend it yet, but there's, there's a mystery realm where there's the more. We haven't tapped it all yet, but we're going to progressively push into it to get to the more. Amen? And it takes the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who is sent from God. He understands the things that are in the heart, in the mind of God. He knows that all the things that God's already prepared for you before you ever were even born. It's not like he's up there crafting these things still. He's like, oh, you're getting ahead of me here. I need to hurry up and whip these things up for you. Because you're, you're, you're faster than I can prepare it in my workshop. No. No, it's done. It's done. All the things are done. Jesus said, it is finished. <laughs> Come on. There's more. There's more. There's more. If we're not experiencing it yet, we can't assume that what we're experiencing is the pinnacle. This is not the pinnacle. Don't stop moving in. Don't stop pressing in. Don't stop seeking the Spirit and putting your faith into action because we're pressing in for more and greater things. Amen? These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But, this is amazing, we have the mind of Christ. Whoa. We can't perceive these things. We can't see them. We can't hear them. We can't understand them. The only person who can will be the spirit of the man who understands the thoughts in the, in the heart. Except that he's given us the spirit of God who knows those things. And therefore, you can't fathom it by your natural mind, but by the spirit of God, we have the mind of Christ. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We haven't seen all the manifestations of the things that God's promised us yet. Does that mean He doesn't do them? It means there's a mystery realm that we're still apprehending. There's this, the Spirit of God igniting our faith to lay hold of the promises of the Lord. It's in a realm that maybe we haven't seen it happen yet. We're going to keep pressing in because we're going to believe that even though I haven't seen it yet, it still is His Word. I'm going to believe His Word above my circumstance. He's given us the mind of Christ. Our problem is not that we don't have access to it. It's the, that, that, that passage I just read distinguishes between the natural man and the spiritual man. And, and we, have a, we have a spirit, but we also have a soul. I, let me rephrase that. We don't have a spirit. I'm going to say you are a spirit. You are a spirit. And you have a soul. And you live in a body. All right? We're spirit, soul, and body. But a lot of people are functioning from the soul realm, the natural realm. God's bringing us into the spirit realm. 
And it's a progressive journey, I believe, that we're, that we're learning how to function fully from the Spirit. And we're renewing our minds. We're not being, tra- we're not being conformed to the world, but we're being transformed by the renewal of our minds. So we have the mind of Christ, but sometimes we tend to still think from the natural mind because we've lived our whole life being trained to think and believe certain ways. But the Lord is trying to refine our thinking, <laughs> to train our brain, to, to, to think the way that God thinks, to take the Scripture, the Word of God, and faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God, the declared Word of God. So where we're missing it in our belief systems, God is taking us on a journey and it's a progressive, increasing revelation of truth because every time we tap the, a, new, a new measure of God, He's unveiling mystery to us. And mystery becomes transformation. Revealed mystery becomes transformation. And, the, and, 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 and revelation that brings transformation, brings with it manifestation. All right? We're on a journey. If we didn't see the healing we looked for yet, we can't take that to mean that God didn't want to heal or that that's not who he is in this situation. I, I need to understand that there's mystery here. I, I don't have to have all the answers. I just need to know i got to believe who God said he is. Keep pushing in and believing he's going to show up. It didn't happen on this one. We're going to grieve on this one. But we're not going to quit. We're going we're gonna to pray for more, guys. And we're going to see the increase as we press into mystery. We press into the promise that we, we get it in our faith level, but we don't necessarily see it fully in the manifestation level. We're going to keep pressing in, believing, and we're going to believe that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal things that will cause transformation in us that will be followed with manifestation. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Steve Backlund says that our experiences are catching up to our belief systems. If you're not seeing it yet, keep believing your way into it. Because Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe. He didn't say these signs will precede your belief. Like, I need to, I need to see it before I'll believe it. No, you believe it, and then you see it. It follows you. And it doesn't necessarily say it's going to be instantaneous the first time you try, but it does say these signs will follow those who believe. If you're, if you're pressing into it and you're not seeing it yet, keep doing it. These signs will follow those who believe. Come on, guys. 1 Corinthians 4.1, two chapters later, he says, let, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards of the mysteries of God. Wow. There's probably a lot that could be said on that. I think that Paul 
had received some pretty powerful divine revelations that nobody else understood yet, and God made him a steward to share those things with people who did not understand those things yet. But because the, the Lord had already prepared the things that Paul had seen, and he's releasing those things to people who'd never seen it before, but just because they hadn't seen it before doesn't mean that it wasn't a present reality with God. Okay. It was already a present reality, they just didn't get it yet. Paul was a steward of the mysteries of God, and let me tell you, I, I guarantee that Paul knew that he didn't understand it all yet. And then if 10 chapters later, 14 verse 2, Paul says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Whoa. Every time you pray in tongues, you're talking to God. As servants of Christ, oh, that's the wrong verse, sorry. <laughs> that was a Lisdexic moment. For he speaks in a tongue, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Whoa. Like God loves mysteries. It's not a mystery to him. <laughs> he is the mystery. But he, he's unfolding his mysteries, and he gives us the power through the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues, and we're declaring mysteries. And the Lord wants to manifest mysteries into revelation, which becomes manifestation. And we need to get comfortable with God being full of mystery. Like I said, when we think that we need to understand everything about him, we have reduced him into our own image. We've boxed him in to our limited, little eensy-weensy, tiny, finite understanding when he's limitless in who he is. So much beyond. And, and, and things might not make sense. It's okay sometimes just to put a question mark on it. Say, Lord, if this is something you want to reveal to me, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I, I don't have to understand it now, even though I want to. There's a mystery realm. I don't get it yet. But I'm not going to allow my circumstance to dictate what I believe about who you are. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. And we just need to be okay with that. Amen? Here's one cool thing, though. He created us in his image. And he's got us on this journey of becoming synced up to that image. So progressively, if we're, if we're going deeper in the Lord... We keep doing this walk with him, and, and, and we let him guide us. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is going to guide us and teach us in all things. He's progressively shaping us. We're, you already have that image in your spirit, but it's our soul that's trying to catch up to our inward reality. 
Come on. We need to be okay with God being bigger than our ability to reason or understand him and all the things of the kingdom. There's a few mysteries that were revealed in the New Testament. The rapture was, I mean, it doesn't say that word. We could talk about the word later, I don't care. But it does say in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed to be in his image. Okay? That's a mystery revealed. Another one, another mystery revealed in the, in the epistles is that God's people are becoming the bride of Christ and are one with Jesus. Come on. Another mystery is that we are the body of Christ. How many of you enjoyed Jessica's message last week when we had the kids in here? <laughs> that was good. It was fun because, and she, you guys couldn't tell it, I, I don't think, but inwardly she's like, <laughs> she, she, she wasn't in her comfort zone, I'll just say that. But it was amazing, it was beautiful. I loved having the kids here and the interruptions and it was just, it was family. She did awesome though. She talked about that we are the body of Christ and we need to honor one another in the differences. Another revelation, or sorry, another mystery revealed, Gentiles will be saved with Jews. Another one is the church, the body of Christ, is the express manifold wisdom of God that confounds the principalities and powers in heavenly places. I like that one. Here's another this is probably my favorite one, though. The mystery revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Another one is salvation by grace, separate from law. These are mysteries in God that nobody comprehended these things until the revelation of the more of God came. And then it expanded their belief systems and they were able to enter into those realities. And the Lord's unfolding the, the, the understanding of the mysteries of who he is. And when he does, we step into that reality. It becomes part of our nature in him. Amen? Peter, in, in Acts chapter 10, what he, the Lord revealed to him on a roof through revelation, through, through open visions. He saw, um, he saw a blanket come down with all those unclean animals on it. God told him that, the, that my salvation is coming to the Gentiles. It's not just for the Jews. Jesus already had prepared that whole thing before he ever saw that. But that was the day that he saw a mystery revealed. God had already done it, but now he saw it and he could enter into that reality. And he brought the, the gospel into Cornelius' home and the Spirit fell on them and the whole household was saved. That was the beginning of the revival that broke out outside of the Jews. Come on. But it was a real thing before he saw it. Okay, It was the mystery of the Lord revealed. Philippians 4.7 says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I quote that verse probably at least as much as most other verses in the Bible. I pull on that one a lot. Peace that surpasses my understanding. Right now my understanding says 
We contended for a miracle that we did not see, and we're grieving. But there's peace that surpasses all understanding. When we lost Sadie, 2012, grieving, wondering why didn't we see it, I remember Bill preaching a message, Bill Johnson, and he said, he said this, and it really resonated with me. He said, if you want the peace that surpasses all understanding, you have to yield your right to understand. Sometimes our gripping, needing an answer, needing to formulate a belief system around things, actually, it's white-knuckling something that God's like, hey, just let, let go. Let it go. Rest. Can you trust me? You may not understand it. Can you still trust me? Do you still believe I'm good? Let it go. It doesn't mean that there won't come a time when the Lord will revisit it with us, but, but sometimes we need to release things and just say, Lord, I trust you anyway. Amen? <laughs> this morning in prayer, Lisa didn't even know what I was speaking on, and she prayed, even in the mysteries, we can trust you. When we lost Sadie, and, and we're, we're trying, to, trying to make sense of it all, we learned that, we, that sometimes you need to file things into the mystery box. Say, Lord, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it, but, I, but I'm not going to stop believing who you said you are. Don't know why it didn't happen, but I'm putting it in the mystery box for now. It's up to you if we revisit it, but I, I cannot waver and believe in who you are. We must believe truth over fact, promise over circumstance, God's nature over earth nature. It is human nature to form belief systems around experiences. We must form our theology only around what God says and nothing else. He transcends your experiences. Theology means the study of God. It doesn't mean the study of your circumstances. When we try to define truth, Around experience, we're, we're exiting out of what theology actually is, okay? We, we, can't, we can't build our theology around what God didn't do or didn't say. We build it around what he did do, is doing, did say, is saying, okay? When, when, there's, when there's the other, we put question mark on it, but we don't have to Form, we don't have to wrap our head around it and make sense of it. You guys with me? You sure? God doesn't, he doesn't function within the confines of our finite minds. He functions within the confines of his vastness and in unity with his own word and the ways that it is meant to be understood. Okay? So our great challenge in our faith is, the, is that we believe in the finished works of the cross. We, we believe in the full restoration, spirit, soul, and body. We believe we'll heal the sick, 
We'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We believe we're going to raise the dead. We believe mustard seed faith moves mountains. We believe you ask and you'll receive. But we don't always see it happen. That's, that's where the challenge is. When we don't see it happen, what do we do with it? Okay? What do we do with it? Well, we don't want to build bad theology. Okay? If it, if it didn't happen, it must not be God's will. That's how a lot of people believe. It must be God's will to heal some but not the others. I can't believe that. Isaiah 53 tells me that, that Jesus went to the cross to not only to save, not, no, not only to, to take all my sins and take the punishment for it, but to take my sicknesses and my diseases, my pains, my griefs and my sorrows. He went, he, he didn't just do that for, for a few here and a few there. He did it for every person. I have to believe that the finished work of the cross was finished for every person. I can't let the times when we believed for something we didn't see it happen make me think, well, he only did it for some but not the others. He died on the cross for every single person. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen? We, we need to build our theology from the Word of God, not from our human life in a fallen world. We're trying to shift this world. We're trying to bring heaven to earth, and it's not fully happened yet. So we're still in this journey. We're still on this great adventure of being the conduits, releasing it, which means that if, it, if, we, if it's not fully done yet, there's still bad things happening, but we're going to keep moving forward. Okay? <laughs> One thing, Steve, you may, you may know this, you may not, I, I, don't, I don't know, but on Thursday afternoon when I was at your house, we were praying for Julie, she, she passed away on Friday morning, <clears throat> while we were praying for her, I had a pretty unique experience, because in my spirit, I, I felt like my spirit actually went into the spirit, and and. I'm not just saying like a mind vision of my spirit. I felt like I was in a place. And, and, and I saw Julie in the paradise with Jesus. And, and, he took, and he gave her fruit from the tree of life. This was while she was still alive. Do you remember me praying that? I was seeing that in my spirit. I saw it. I felt like my spirit was right there. That's pretty powerful. And I was praying and believing that that was going to manifest into her body, but I don't know what was going on. And I don't want to. I don't want to make a theology on it. I'm not going to. Question mark. Mystery. But I know what I saw. I don't know if she was in process of a transition or. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that she's with Jesus. She was before and she was after. I do know that there's a tree of life in the paradise in heaven. And I also believe, this is where maybe there's a little bit of question mark, but I actually believe this in my faith, 
that we have access to that tree of life from here on earth because we're seated in heavenly places. You can. You can. I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to land this here shortly. I hope. You may keep flying. <laughs> when we were contending for Sadie, for resurrection, there, there's a couple of verses that the Lord really, he just, he just released these into my spirit. Uh, and this was afterwards, after, after it was over. James 1, 2 and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I just want to interject. I don't believe that God is generally the author of those trials that we go through. We live in a fallen world where there's a, there's a God of this world trying to destroy people, right? I'm not saying that God's causing these usually. I don't even want to go there. But it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith. Sometimes our faith gets tested. Tested. How do you pass the test? I want to tell you how you pass the test. That no matter what comes against you, you keep believing what you knew to be true before that thing opposed you. <clears throat> then there's 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. After we spent two weeks praying for a resurrection and we did not see her get resurrected, Jesus said, Jesse, you fought the good fight of faith and you won. And you won. Because he, he said, you were able to tell me that I am the resurrection and the life when you were believing for resurrection. And after she didn't get resurrected, you still were able to tell me I'm the resurrection and the life. You fought the good fight of faith and you won because the devil wants to do anything he can to oppose us and to try to shred our faith down to nothing. And if we can contend with faith, no matter what comes against us, that we're still believing His truth on the other side, regardless of whether we saw what we were believing for or we didn't, when circumstances defy God, we still stand believing you fought the good fight of faith and you won because you retained your faith on the other side. Often the battle is more against your faith than it is about the circumstance. That's how you win when you, when you lose. You guys hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Around that time, Sadie died. Bill Johnson had recently preached a message about a couple years prior to that, his dad dying of cancer because they had huge prophetic words that they're going to have a, a ministry that completely obliviates cancer. 
And, and even to the level that Reading would become a cancer-free zone. They believe that. And they've seen tremendous m cancer miracles. But his dad died of cancer. How do you reconcile that? Well, you don't. You have the mystery box. But Bill said that when his dad died, and he knew that he was going to get barraged by the worst emotional storm he could imagine, if he's not careful... If he doesn't anchor himself rightly, it's going to crush him because he knew what was coming. They said, so I determined that there are two pillar truths I'm going to anchor on one side or the other, grab with one each arm, and hold on for my dear life when the storm comes. One of them, God is good no matter what. The other one, this was not God's fault held on to that thing because he knew that the, the enemy is going to try to plague his mind to try to formulate theologies. God is good all the time. This was not God's fault. And Jessica and I held on to those two when we grieved Sadie. We made it through. Praise God. He's good. Amen? Haha. <laughs> I got to wrap up. I told you guys, I didn't have much time to prepare this thing. I didn't know how long it was going to go. I'm skipping over things, too. <laughs> we, we're going to continue pressing into healings <laughs> and, and miracles yeah. and resurrections. Yeah. We're not going to quit. We're not going to say, well... Guess it, guess it just happens sometimes, and no, we're going to push in. We're going to believe that the next person we pray for is healed. We're going we're gonna to believe what Jesus said despite the things that happen. Amen? I remember Bill also saying that, that, that when his dad passed away, they'd contended for his healing, and, and he said as, as great of a loss as that was, the Lord showed him that in their pressing in and in their, their, their believing and fighting for this thing, they did not see the breakthrough. But what happened when they weren't expecting it is that their faith continued to grow stronger during that time. And on the other side of it, he actually, um, I think that his, his anointing for cancer, heal cancer healings, I think it went seven times more results. But what happens to the person who gives up and says, I don't think that God's doing it like we thought he was. I'm not going to get that breakthrough. If we don't see it, we're going to keep believing because I believe in the spirit. We're pushing towards a tipping point and we're getting closer every time. And I believe, I believe that, that all the faith that was that was um, put into believing for Julie's healing and probably a lot of other breakthroughs that people have prayed into. I believe that we're actually storing it like in a bank in the spirit realm. We're storing faith, and I want to lay hold of that, and I don't want it to go to waste. Amen? <laughs> so we're going to keep growing our faith. We're going to keep pushing towards the tipping point. We're going to believe that what we've done thus far is seeds towards a harvest of more things.
than we've seen yet. We've got to keep pushing forward. And so here, here's where I'm going with my closing right now. There are some people who have fought the fight of faith for something and you never saw it come to pass. Some people have lost their faith or at least a measure of it over this. Okay? And I personally have, have heard many stories of people who, uh, who lost a baby in the womb who, and they were strong in faith in their relationship with Jesus, but they got rocked by that and 20 years later still spinning, not grounded in Christ anymore. Or people who believed for a miracle and it didn't happen and it, and it threw them over into a corner, never pressed into the Lord again. We got to make a decision. Are we going to continue believing who He says or are we going to create junk theology? We've got to double down. That's right. That's right. God wants to restore people back to the place of faith, hope, love, and peace to believe again. Amen? Amen. 